Hey everyone, welcome back to BioNexus Health Podcast Series, Autism Uprooted. Today we are traveling to Belgium and speaking with autism mom, Andrea, the wonderful Andrea. Um, Andrea and author have had quite the journey. One of the important things that I wanted to mention with today's podcast is, you know, how similar author's journey was to my son Brian's around the same age. Many children on the spectrum uh, have underlying medical issues and often have actual physical manifestations of what's going on underlying. Like, you know, for example, uh, Arthur and Brian both have had similar issues with uh, uh, losing the use of their legs. And, you know, uh, Brian was in, in a wheelchair for a, for a few years, as, as uh, many of you know. And additionally, a lot of aches and pains, in deep pain in the body. Now, uh, children being nonverbal are not able to express what is going on. So what do they do? You know, there is self-injurious behaviors. There is head banging. There is biting. Um, there is aggression as well because they are not able to explain, sorry, <clears throat> that, you know, um, the head hurts or the back hurts, the legs are uh, tingling, the legs are burning. It's just, they just don't have the words. So it's very important that um, as autism mothers and fathers, uh, as autism parents, we understand that there could be other issues going on that we may not be aware of, or you know that is not explained by uh, conventional practitioners, by conventional medical practitioners out there. I remember in 2012, you know, which actually helped me on my journey as well. There was um, a huge study that was done. Um, and published and presented at a conference. That's how I, I heard about it. Uh, in it, This was a special needs teacher whose own son in Oregon, USA, was in a special needs classroom, an autism classroom. And uh, what they did was they, they um, collaborated with uh, a very well-known uh, neurologist Maybe it was a psychiatrist, but either ways, you know, neuropsych, a professional, an MD. And what they found was 37 of the 92 students in the uh, couple special needs classroom in the school district, they ended up having underlying medical issues and a lot of aches, pains, and neuropathy. And one of the significant symptoms that completely vanished was the hand flapping behaviors. Now hand flapping, think about it, right? If you have neuropathy, what do you what do you get? You know, there are underlying infections and you know, many infections uh, can go after the nerves, especially Lyme disease can go after the uh, after your nerves and you end up with symptoms of neuropathy, right? There's a lot of research which has been published about this. So a tingling, numbness, pain. Now tingling and numbness, what what do you think about first? You think about, you know, like you know, imagine your foot going to sleep. What do you do? You kind of shake your leg or you, you kind of stomp your foot on the floor to, to, to get rid of that tingling numbness sensation, right? It's commonly known as the foot went to sleep. Well, what if the hands went to sleep? 
So that's that's something that that was uh, a very significant find that flapping of the hands can be a symptom of underlying neuropathy and uh, that uh, troubling symptom vanished. So, all right. Let's talk to Andrea. Andrea is uh, wonderful. She's articulate, highly educated, very involved um, with her with her son, her only child, Arthur. And uh, let's go ahead and hear what Andrea has to say now. Welcome to the BioNexus Health Podcast with Dr. Jodie A. Darshaw, who holds a PhD in integrative medicine, is board certified in integrative pediatrics, an internationally recognized pioneering clinician and author. And now here's your host of BioNexus Health Podcast, Dr. Jodie A. Dashaw. Hello, Andrea. How are you? How is Belgium today? I'm very good. It's very cold and rainy. It's the winter here. So, you know. Yes. Well, actually, it's funny. You know, we, we are having these uh, tremendous storms and floods in California. And uh, those clouds have come all the way to the East Coast for us. Because same thing here. It's cold and cloudy and kind of rainy we might even might even get some snow <laughs> well so i'm not going to complain because uh, i think you you have it a bit worse than me <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah so yeah because um i was wondering you know why why is it so dark on um, uh, on your end but it's uh, uh it's after three o'clock where you are right so yes no it's exactly yeah 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 and uh these days we are experiencing darkness uh starting 4 30 in the afternoon so yeah soon uh, okay. it's gonna get dark here okay okay all right so well you know thank you so much for being here i i did a little bit of an introduction um you know about yourself and author and brian as well and and the uh, the some some of the similarities which okay. which are there so let's um uh, let's hand it over to you you know can you tell me uh what symptoms did author have that were troubling you that brought you to bionexus Yes, of course. Well, first of all, thank you so much for giving me this uh, opportunity. I hope uh, my podcast will give some hope to other parents in my situation, as most of your other podcasts are giving hope to me. Um, and basically, um, yes, Arthur's case is quite similar to Brian's, um, especially when it comes to um, motor issues. We've always had problems with Arthur and his motor skills ever since he was born if i can say so but we we only acknowledge it when he was around six months old and you know around that age kids are starting to move around they are able to sit uh, unattentively um and we've noticed that arthur was not reaching any of those milestones so already back then we had our question marks and we wouldn't stop asking our pediatrician and then later on we saw some specialists and we realized that that was the first major red flag for us. So at first we had no idea about autism. At first we were very scared and uh, always wondered, will Arthur ever walk? Will Arthur ever be able to sit uh, without our help? Um, and in fact, this is what brought me to you because a good friend of mine, uh, Alexandra uh, from UK, who's also now a patient of yours, read your book and she knew my struggle and the questions I had about Arthur and his uh, motor issues. And she said, I really think there is a book you should read. 
and um, I trusted her. I bought your book, and uh, from the very first pages, I understood that you are a doctor I should see. So uh, I contacted your office immediately, and uh, yeah, I got an appointment uh, a few months later, and um, this is how our adventure started. Ah, right. So yes, um, Alexandra, she is in the UK. Uh, yes. She's done a, a podcast with me as well recently. You know, her her son yeah. Philip is doing really well as well. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. No. So she uh, read my book and she asked you to read. Oh, such a small world. Wow. In <laughs> fact, uh, Alexandra and me, we've never met physically, you see. We've only known each other virtually through the autism of our kids. But immediately uh, a connection started there because we have many similarities we became very good friends um, and it's now maybe over a year, um, maybe even two, that we are friends, but we've never actually met, but we keep in touch uh, very regularly. And she knew my struggles with Arthur and how worried I am about the fact that he was not walking normal. He was not able to jump. He was not able to run. And I kept questioning myself, what is it that makes my kids so different? Because I mean, I've met many kids with autism and none of them had these uh, particularities. And as she knew my struggles, she said, I think you need to read this book and maybe you should consider seeing this doctor. So this is what brought me to you. It's thanks to her. So uh, what were some of the autism symptoms and at what age was author uh, diagnosed uh, with autism and what were some of the autism symptoms? Um, the symptoms were um, the classical ones, <clears throat> the fact that he was not uh, having eye contact, he was not responding to his name, um, the lack of language as well. But in the beginning, we were a bit blinded by these uh, motor issues, uh, yeah. if I say so, that we couldn't really see through that there were other issues um, developing. Um, we were so worried and we've seen so many specialists to understand why our son was not able to sit and walk uh, that we kind of disregarded the rest. Um, however, when he was maybe one, one and a few months, um, this is when we started understanding as well, but wait a minute, his language is not really developing either. And um, the first I mean, we've also noticed at home that he wasn't really looking at us, but then it really struck us when one day we picked him up from the kindergarten and the teacher, I think she was trying to send us a, a subtle message and she said, oh, you are such a sweet boy. I wish I knew why, however, you never want to look at me when I talk to you. And it was a bit as if she put the dots on the E's, you know, because we already... I noticed both me and my husband but it's a bit like we didn't want to acknowledge it we didn't want to make a case out of it because we were already so worried about the, the motor issues yeah, and this is sense. when this is when I remember my husband came home and he told me you know what the teacher said today and, um, and when I heard that I said you know I think both you and I we know that but we kind of didn't want to to acknowledge it or to look into it and this is when we took the decision to go and see a neuropediatrician and basically the diagnosis uh, came maybe six months later um, it took us a bit of time to make the, the appointments and and to get um, a diagnosis so he was diagnosed when he was 
roughly two. Two, okay. Okay. Which is quite quite good because uh, normally in Belgium and in other countries, I'm sure as well, it takes quite a while before uh, a child gets a, a diagnosis. Yes, that is true. You know, getting appointment itself can be a, a bit of a long wait for a while. I mean, look who's talking, right? Sometimes my appointments take many months. So it's just... <laughs> it wasn't me who said so. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, sometimes I work, you know, seven days a week and, um, it, and it's, still it's, not still, enough. it's still not enough. It ends up being like a, you know, four to six month wait sometimes for um, for people. But uh, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm working on training a few practitioners in what I oh, do. That's right. That's right. right. And in in uh, in about another five or six years, we shall have uh, Brian graduating medical school, and he'll take over as well. So that'll be a big help. That's fantastic! Like I'm looking forward. You know, uh, I can already see the the story, and I think um, he will give hope to so many parents. A bit like look where I used to be, and look who I am today. So um, that's really. That's really a story that uh, that gets me very emotional. Even now, I have tears in my in my in my eyes, you know, because I think thinking about the future of our autistic kids, it's one of the major worries for yes. all parents. Um, and to see Brian, like I get so much hope, um, and I could only wish that uh, one day Arthur will get uh, maybe even half as far as Brian did, and I would still be happy. That shall be the goal. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. You know, um, one, one mom the other day, she mentioned to me that uh, Brian has more experience with autism than I do. <laughs> so I'm like, that's yeah. true. You know, I'm, I'm just an autism mom. And he, you know, he is someone who's been through it all. The, the pain, the aches, the suffering, the autism, the language barrier, all of these things, you know, the, the uh, uh, social issues, the bullying at school, all the challenges that he has faced with, you know, being exposed to mold, having all these uh, special accommodations uh, and lawyers, <laughs> you know, for, yeah. for college. So uh, no one takes advantage of him. People understand, you know, having to be the only one who is, uh, who hasn't taken any, um, any shots for a long, long time. So yeah, he's been through it all. And uh, so she was right, I guess, you know, he's, he's going to un, um, understand children and families on the spectrum better than I do. Can you imagine the strength that uh, this will, will give him as a doctor? I mean, having experienced everything on his own, I think he's just going to make an amazing uh, physician. Yes, there is um, a lot of hope, uh, you know, after, I don't know if I can ever uh, retire per se, but, but, you know, when I, when I do think of retiring, uh, all, all of my little patients will be older and all the parents feel very happy that there is going to be someone as they get older, you know, yeah, for their children who, who will understand the unique medical issues because all of our children on the spectrum are because of what what they have, you know, all of the, the patients in my practice, which is uh, thousands around the world over the years, and they all have underlying 
pretty serious medical issues, as as you know as well. You know, looking at the yeah. number of specialists that you have visited, like us, um, and those who have become aware. I'm glad, you know, that, that there are thousands around the world who are now aware that there are underlying serious medical issues. Uh, which can cause a lot of chronic illness as as the children get older. You know, Andrea, which is why in one of the things that I absolutely do not recommend, having gone through it myself, is any kind of invasive treatment. You know, any, any kind of IVIG, FMT, uh, whatever, cells, et cetera. I, I don't see the need because what I found was, um, you know, these are all mostly Band-Aids. Right. You know, you just throw some cells, you know, you, you kind of throw some IVIG at the child and you will see some children see results because it reduces inflammation, but it doesn't really address the underlying issue. And all living organisms, what do they do? They grow. They have a reproductive cycle. And, you know, if we don't address the underlying issues, if we don't investigate and we we don't get rid of all of these underlying triggers, uh, people have to understand that the organisms keep growing, they keep reproducing. You know, uh, one question that was asked to me was, um, you know, I, I did some IVIG, I did some cells, you know, now I would like to do hyperbaric, like one band-aid after another, right? Uh, so I was like, think about this. After any treatment, you want to go for hyperbaric, okay? What happens to a living organism when you give oxygen? What happens? It, it will keep on growing, right? Exactly. Yes, not all living organisms are aerobic, but yes. The, the underlying issues, if the organisms are aerobic, not anaerobic, they will grow. So you have to rule out what is going on, you have to investigate, you have to rule out, you have to eliminate any underlying microbial issues that are aerobic before you just go for HPOD. You know, uh, autism has become this worldwide business and there are actually centers and hospitals that have no personal experience with autism, but they are offering all of these treatments. Oh, you can detox, oh, you can do oxygen, you can do this, that all under one roof, you know, and it's just mind boggling to me. Um, and As you said, it's, a, it's a business doctor, it's a business. So uh, it will be recommended because, you know, there will be major um, financial implications. Yes. And I could only, I couldn't agree with you more because um, as you might recall from uh, the, 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 the filling uh, documents uh, that I started with, uh, the the sorry the the document that I had to fill in before my first consultation. Yes. I'm one parent who did most of what you just mentioned, and I I realized, but I realized a bit too late that I've actually started on a, on a wrong foot. Uh, we've actually started treating Arthur's autism with stem cells. Oh. Right, right, yes. Because we didn't know any better. Because, you know, as an as a autism parent, you get paralyzed by diagnosis. You have no idea what has gotten into you. You ask for solutions. You are told that there are no solutions, that you should simply accept that your child is different and the future will not look very bright. 
and basically you're desperate anything anybody's trying to sell you you're just gonna pay whatever price in a oh, hope yes. that it's gonna help your child so i remember me and my husband without hesitation signing a contract of many thousands of dollars to do these stem cells without even asking for too many questions or extra informations because we were convinced that this is going to give our son a chance to to have a better future and yeah i was also recommended uh, chelation and we've tried it i was also recommended hyperbaric that thank god we haven't tried um all sorts of other things that now when i look back i regret but at that time i didn't know any better and i would do anything yes. to to give myself um a, a, chance. a chance a, a chance. chance yes yeah well andrea i'm right there with you you know i i was a first time mom in in and i was an immigrant in a whole new country right you know we 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 actually think the americans have it all figured out i mean sure you know there is um, many many advantages to being here of course I, I i should say that you know it's been a blessing but we didn't get any help from the conventional medical system 19 specialists you know we we had people telling us maybe brian was pretending for attention yeah, he, he can't walk yeah. right he can't so it it was mind-boggling and and i tried the same thing you know it, it for one ivig i i remember we had to go we had to travel first of all there is travel involved with the child yeah, always yes yeah. with the child who is not feeling well who has dietary issues you know who has anxiety and fear um is has a lot of challenges getting on an airplane sometimes even in a car you know long distance car yep. driving is but we do it because we want to give them this is the most aggressive treatment sometimes we think hey it's the most expensive treatment so it has to work right it you know there is good. yeah it yeah, must it be has good to be you know because there are all of these testimonials you know and then you you actually find out the the dark truth behind all of that you know marketing and 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 advertisement and whatnot so we traveled and I remember we, I was so desperate. I, um, I contacted this IVIG specialist and he said, doc, we are full, but I'm willing to accommodate. So I was like, okay, you know, uh, so we, we took a flight down. I remember this was Mother's Day in May on 2009. And with Brian, you know, we uh, took a flight stayed in, in in a hotel i'm pretty sure you know it had a, it had a decent kitchen i'm pretty sure it was moldy uh in hindsight at the time i didn't know i was like okay you know ivig is is the number one most aggressive most expensive treatment for pans pandas you know and th this person is uh is the one doing it you know at this time so i should go uh, and 22, I think it was between 22 and $28,000, which we did, like right? And and we were accommodated, we were squeezed in. And you know what happened? My son was put in a storeroom, not oh in God. a hospital room, okay? This was a surgical center. He was put in, I even have videos. He was put in a storeroom uh, on a stretcher, right? You know, uh, uh, and th there were like IV supplies around, uh, and there was this uh, IVIG pole 
on on which the IVIG was put there, and it you know he was given that uh, over a period of two days, you know with with we had side effects, um, brain inflammation, swelling, and what have you. Oh my gosh! And and it, 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 there was tremendous um, stir up, and you know it it ultimately shuts down your own immune system. All of these invasive therapies, you know, involving any kind of uh, uh, any kind of donor cells, even if it is autologous, right? Yeah. It it just creates its own set of problems. And uh, anyway, so we did that, and then we also did FMT. Uh, and that involves, you know, again, tens of thousands of dollars. And you first have to go for colonoscopy. Then you have yeah. to go for endoscopy. And, and you know, my, my poor son was already skinny, uh, like a skeleton, but you have to induce diarrhea so that, you know, they can do colonoscopy properly. What a, you know, honestly, once I have seen, once I developed the Bionexus protocol for Brian, I'm like, I, we stopped everything, all travel all medical practitioners, when I found uh, uh, Stephen Buhner, uh, his wife and partner, Julie, and I started doing mentorship for herbal treatment, herbal medicine, I already had an, um, an Ayurvedic and homeopathic background. So I said, you know, let me do Western herbalism. And that just, you know, changed our life. We didn't have to travel all over the country, around the world, you know, and, uh, that's what I wanted to bring to other families is you don't have to travel autism mothers, you know, stay home and we will come to you virtually. We will send everything to you to the best of our ability. So testing, uh, supplements, medicines, treatments, you know, we, we, we will, together we will make arrangements. So you don't have to subject your child to anything invasive, not even blood testing. And this is this was our case because uh, just like you, I've tried so many doctors. I've tried so many invasive treatments. As you said, there was always traveling involved, airplanes, cars, hotels, all sorts of conditions. But yeah. also, I remember I was so desperate that basically I was I enrolled myself on so many Facebook pages and all sorts of autism groups. And I remember that basically every time anybody will mention the slightest improvement that they saw um, in some of the um, issues that we were facing, like uh, speech or motor issues, uh, they would name all sorts of supplements. I will just rush to the internet and just buy everything and just try it randomly on my kid. Um, so basically what you brought to us was really this um, peace of mind and relaxation. Now I tell everybody, look, I'm following Dr. Tashore's protocol and that's it i don't need to run and and look all over the internet uh, looking for a solution i have the solution i just need to apply it i just need to have the patient and trust the process and uh, that for me was a major help doctor because you know what they say like uh, if the parents are not uh, good themselves how can we actually help our children i remember waking up in the middle of the night shivering and having like anxiety attacks thinking about tomorrow for Arthur how will that look like and um, it, it was awful it was awful for me because I was looking for solutions everywhere and I just couldn't find any so for me it has been nothing but a blessing since I found you 
because I trust your protocol. I trust your method. You've been through this road before me. And now basically all I have to do is just follow your advice. I don't need to, to go through all the struggle, but I'm totally with you because I've been through exactly what you've just described. Yes, I understand. You know, it's uh, uh, families go through, whoever travels with the child, families go through the anxiety, they go through the stress, you know, in, in, in the excitement of the moment, you know, in the hope that you get that, oh, I'm going to try something, you know, extremely expensive, very dynamic, let's go see, you know, it's invasive, it must be good. Um one thing that I did refuse for Brian Andrea was methotrexate. You know, we had gone to uh, uh, out of sheer desperation. You know, can we please get him to walk? And uh, one team of physicians had uh, had recommended methotrexate. I'm like, Doc, that's chemotherapy. Like, what? No, it's worth a try. It really brings inflammation down, you know, and after that, we discovered this inflammation. There were 11 infections, so many toxins. There was biotoxin illness. There was mold exposure. And you know what? One very important thing is that all of these have long-term issues. Even after treated, even after treatment, Brian is fully treated, right? We have the labs are clear, everything's good. But, you know, there is always re-exposures. And remember that an autoimmune condition like pans pandas doesn't go away. Lyme disease doesn't go away, right? So you have to understand that your child is going to need vigilance even after he has a full life. Right. You yeah. know, no one ever gets to 100 percent on on good days. We are maybe 90, 95 with my son as well. You know, so that is the key, which is why, again, uh, I said, you know, that uh, many moms who heard about uh, Brian joining Bionexus in the future, they are happy that when I retire, there's going to be someone Taking look after their children, yeah, 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 to look after the children who are older now, you know, because there's going to be another set of um, um, not issues. There may be issues, but most important is going to be monitoring, staying on top of uh, a, a few things that that we need to stay on top of, and there will be issues, you know, as they get older. Uh, but we know what what the underlying causes, so we will be able to help them. Uh, mitigate those issues at that time, you know, because, <clears throat> and the last thing I want to say on this is one thing that I did not realize back then, because I had, I had not yet discovered uh, mold and, you know, environmental toxins and, you know, the, the, the environmental issues that can happen in hotel rooms, in different uh, hospitals and surgical centers that you visit. And, you know, one, most of them, when I recall, were moldy. And you're there, you know, you, you have a child who is going through an invasive procedure. You know, things are exposed and there is mold in that operating room. Like, you know, uh, some, some of the photographs that I've seen from, um, from parents from other countries that have traveled for, you know, various invasive treatments around the world, from inside the OR, they have photographs 
that show up up on the ceiling, you know, that there is black mold around the vent, around the tile, around the air conditioning. Oh my gosh, you know, you, you have a child's body open there for an invasive procedure and, and there is, you know, uh, the entire environment is compromised. Maybe the room where they are staying is compromised. You know, if, if it is, um, if you're going to a place that has uh, rain or tropical climate or high humidity, you have to be careful. So I didn't know this. So I don't know how many times, you know, in, inadvertently we were exposed. Uh, and when we ended up uh, becoming mold aware, you know, I mentored with Dr. Shoemaker uh, and Dr. McMahon, you know, learned a lot. Uh, and that's when we did the labs and we were like, oh my God, look at the amount of environmental toxins in his body. But I think many parents and I mean, people in general, they're really still not aware of the influence uh, that mold has on the health. Uh, as mentioned to you before, in there is a lot of mold, for instance, in my son's school. And now I kind of make it a bit my, my little mission to make the, the director aware because there is a small school, but there is also a kindergarten. So we're talking maybe 30 kids in total, some of them very small. And um, I can only imagine how they're going to be affected um, in the future about such an environment. So now I am trying to find a solution um, and, and help them out because they are a small yes. school, a private school. So I'm aware that they do not have the funds, but I'm sure I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to help them out and make them first, aware of, first of all aware of the importance of, of cleaning, cleaning the environment because it's not negligence. It's not that they don't want to. It's just that they didn't have a clue. Right. that this could be, you know, influencing negatively the, the children in any way. And I think it could be the case in, in many countries with oh, many, yes. many. Yes, yes, I agree. You know, I, I, I remember the incident where uh, for Brian's high school, I mean, throughout elementary, Brian uh, was uh, affected all the way through schooling, right? All the way from first grade onwards, uh, up until now, even even in college, we have his accommodations plan, which has uh, you know tra transferred to college, right? You know, if if he needs to use uh, use a scooter to kind of travel between the buildings because yeah. because you know carrying this heavy backpack on his back and walking yeah. everywhere, it's it's not um, because Lyme disease and co infections leave some permanent injury and and we have musculoskeletal issues with the back and the neck so it, we have accommodations for that so i i remember air purifiers in every classroom is has always been one of the accommodations that we have received from from the schools and the school district and of course at our expense which was fine with me so all of brian's teachers in the classroom actually reported themselves they were feeling better yeah uh, and they said you know and some some of the mothers um, uh, at parent teacher conferences when you go in you know you you actually meet other parents and some of the moms were like you know um i i noticed that you've put an air purifier we we were made aware it was brian and um, my son's asthma hasn't flared up as much yeah so yeah yeah, I'm actually thinking of the classmates of Arthur because they are all of them uh, with autism. And I would be very curious to see 
how this, if we manage to implement it, how this will um, will actually improve their their condition, um, and maybe this will bring some awareness to their parents to actually test them, because you know until I started testing Arthur, I also believed my pediatrician and my neuropediatrician telling me you know this is autism there's nothing you can do just leave with it and uh, make sure um, you know you accommodate it the best you can, and uh, when we started tested I was absolutely shocked to discover on the all the underlying medical issues as you said and maybe by putting simply an air purifying in the classroom they will see that the kids are improving and maybe they will come and question um, or ask me certain things i hope this will happen and maybe i will i'll bring a bit of awareness and kind of guide them uh, to do a bit of what i did Yes. Who knows? Maybe that will influence not just Arthur's life, but also his classmates' lives, I hope. Yes, that, that is the amazing effect of, um, you know, uh, educated, well-researched autism mothers and fathers. That is, you know, we, we end up touching the lives of so many. It's, it's such a blessing. It's, it's like, you know, destiny, it's, which is, you know, with you being here today, it's uh, not, ev not every mother is brave enough to speak out. I've asked so many, and because of, uh, you know, they have uh, own individual restrictions that they are not able to speak out, even though they know it is going to help so many mothers around the world. So I'm very grateful, you know, uh, that mothers like you are out there who are able to, uh, you know, sh share their stories and, and give hope to many because many are not able to, you know, mostly because of cultural issues and whatnot, even yeah. though they want to. So it's just, uh, so let's, let's do this. Um, what, you know, I'm really glad to see you relaxed, you know, with, with a smile on your face, you have some, some um, spare time for yourself now. So, yes. uh, yeah. So why is that, you know, can, can you talk about the improvements that we have seen, uh, that you have seen with Arthur? Yes, of course, I will. I would gladly expose this. Well, basically, um, Arthur has calmed down a lot uh, ever since we started. And I've just actually checked, you know, it's only been roughly eight months since we started. So we're quite newbies, if I can say so. Um, so Arthur has calmed down a lot. Um, his sleep has improved tremendously. I remember um, in the very beginning when we started, uh, Arthur was um, was waking up maybe four, uh, five times per night, which meant that the next day I was like a zombie. I actually do not know how I was managing to carry on, you know, because I also have a full-time job. So uh, it was quite difficult for me. Um, and I remember one of the first improvements that we saw was that I think we were maybe uh, two weeks with the first protocol. And I recall uh, counting my blessings because uh, we had uh, one Saturday morning when he slept until 9, 9.30. So it had been ages that we were woken up by Arthur, even in the weekends at 6, 6.30 in the morning, because obviously he didn't make the difference between school day or weekend. And I remember that was the first moment when I said, wow, this is actually starting to work. And um, 
Also, his motor, motor skills improved tremendously already with the first protocol. But sadly for us, if you recall, he, he fell at some point and um, that um, took a bit of a regress. But now I think we are back on track. Um, then uh, also, I see Arthur generally very happy, very relaxed. Uh, when he's coming home, I'm sometimes uh, I remember before um, when he was coming home from school and I was uh, looking at the time and I was like, okay, Arthur should come home anytime soon. I would have like a little, um, um, a bit of anxiety, if I could say so, thinking, oh my God, how is the rest of the evening going to look like today? There were days like that. Some were better, but some were quite bad. Um, now I'm, I'm very excited because every day I hear about your new progress that, that happened and I'm super excited. Yeah. I'm super excited to read his notebook from school to see, oh my God, what good thing did you do today? So that's fantastic. Um, another major, um, accomplishment, if I could call it like that is because we've started potty training with Arthur, um, whom I mean he's seven now so it was about time uh, we started already a few months ago and then um, we were still at uh, you know uh, going by the clock every 30 minutes then every hour then every two hours and then all of a sudden Arthur refuses to sit on the on the toilet and at first I was very scared because I was like oh my god now he doesn't want to sit and do it anymore Instead, you know what he did? He just um, removed the toilet reductor seat and uh, just peed um, standing. Oh, wow. That's great. So I was like, okay, where is this coming from? So I asked the school. I said, did you train him? They said, no, uh, I didn't train him. So nobody, nobody actually trained him. It just came natural like that. Maybe... As you know, the inflammation is going down, or at least that's my own assumption. I guess he's observing more the environment. He's um, developing imitation skills. And most probably he must have seen other boys in his school doing it like that. And now he just wants to show that he's a big boy and he can do it as well. So only that and, and our life is, is so easy nowadays because imagine... Um, going um somewhere with a with a with a toilet reductor and also always looking at the watch oh my god um it's toilet time and you don't have a toilet anywhere near you so basically we were a bit homebounded we we couldn't really leave the house and we said well so be it we're just gonna do it until the process is finished but now basically it's absolutely fine and uh, he's also showing when he needs to to go okay. so that also helps a lot um, we are under the supervision of an ABA coordinator. And when I told her, she was absolutely shocked because these were the next step in the process. We were considering that he wasn't ready to take in yet. And he's already ahead of the process, basically. Um, so we are, we are super happy for that. Um, then um, he's very focused in school. We, we got some very good reports. Um, not only that he's focusing, but also that he's very willing and eager to participate in uh, all the activities that are proposed to him. His fine motor skills had improved tremendously. 
Um, we've started with Arthur eating with a spoon. Uh, now Arthur is uh, using a fork and he's using it really properly. Um, basically because of his um, problems, he wasn't able to hold the fork, uh, not to mention to actually put anything in the fork. But now that's completely gone. Um, I've also noticed that lady, he is able, we put um, keys in doors that we wouldn't want him to, to open because he can be naughty at times. And basically now I've noticed that he's actually able to turn the key and uh, open oh, it. Oh goodness, okay. <laughs> so basically now we cannot keep him away from, I don't know, his favorite toys or whatever. Um, and um, he was quite selective with his food. That's no longer a problem either. I don't know. I'm super excited because I see changes in him every day. And um, another change that I've noticed just in the past week is that he wasn't feeling very well. I think he's a bit under the weather. It, it's very rainy here. It's very cold. Mm -hmm. and then one day he came from school and I could see that something was wrong. And then I asked him and I said, Arthur, what is wrong? I was not really expecting an answer. I was kind of like, I, I always speak to him. And then he just did that like pointing to his head and I said well this must be a coincidence so you know I just kept it for myself and I kept on going and then this morning I was putting some um, magnesium oil that you recommended for his uh, joint pain and um, basically he started pointing to his knees because I didn't put it on his knees mm. and I was like this is the second time that this is happening is it a coincidence or is it maybe the fact that he's becoming so aware of his environment that he's really trying to communicate in his own way with me? Um, also, we are trying to introduce uh, pecs to him and that had improved a lot. But also what I've noticed lately is that he's really trying to communicate, not necessarily verbally, but by pointing. Um, or if there's something he wants that I help him with, he will just take me there. Like for instance, um, just a few days ago, we have a um, like a synthesizer for music for him. And at times uh, we just unplug it. So he just wanted to play with that. So he just took me to his room and showed me the plug like this, like mommy, do you mind plugging it for me? And I plugged it and then he started playing his music. And he does this like, many many times throughout the day with everything he needs he will just come and kind of ask for my help which for me is amazing because before I wasn't even sure that he was understanding when I was telling him something like I would speak to him obviously but I wasn't convinced that my message was received nowadays um I I was asking um Arthur, if you want to watch TV, I cannot find a remote control. And he just brought me the remote. So not only that he's understanding and showing that he understands, but he's also executing like uh, short commands, if I can say so. So we are, we are super excited because uh, we've only been with you uh, in the protocol for roughly eight months, I calculated. And I think the results are nothing but amazing. So uh, I'm very excited to see what's next. I, I don't know um, how to express my happiness for your happiness. Um, Thank you so, so much, Doctor. Yeah. Thank you.
from you know one mother's heart to another i i i, I can imagine how you feel you know um so he's able to walk he's he's uh, uh his motor coordination is is good his fine motor has improved um i remember you had mentioned that you know uh, behaviorally you're able to go shopping with him yes. yeah right and and he he does really well um you you were able to travel a little bit with him as well you know his immune system has improved with the traveling and flights and whatnot um am i right is th yes, that yes, something yes, you had yes. yeah, yeah 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 we we are traveling without uh, problems with arthur but then again airplanes had always been his biggest passion like also when ah, he's playing he okay. would just love to play with airplanes he is a, a frequent uh, traveler if i may say so his first flight was when he was one month old and uh, we only stopped during the pandemics <laughs> uh but that nevertheless there were issues in the airplane but both me and his dad we were trying to work things through and and not stop flying because we were aware that if we would stop flying then basically we would send him the wrong message like okay if you are behaving this way that's it then we're just gonna stop taking you and we didn't want this to to stop us from from traveling because we both love love to do that but in the last flight I was really, really nervous because I was not traveling with my husband. I was traveling by myself with Arthur. And next to us, there was a complete, uh, you know, stranger seated. So I arrived and I already felt I was panicking. And I started explaining to this lady kind of apologetically, um, excuse me, you know, my son, he might be a bit disturbing. He has autism. I hope it's okay. And you understand. And she said, yeah, sure, no problem. I have grandkids. It's okay. Um, but Arthur was behaving so well. He was playing the whole time. I, I took some cards for him and he was busy with his car and his little airplane and his cards that the lady fell asleep. I mean, what, what bigger proof you want? Yes. She was totally able to relax. What he would normally do, he would just take the little table and open it, close it, kind of bang it all the time. So he would disturb not only the people sitting with us, but also the people in front. I, I, I received many comments many times when we are traveling. And most of the time I would not be able to relax, not even for a second. I would literally just hold the little table with my hand so that, um, you know, yeah. it's, it's a bit uh, comfortable for everybody. But no, this last flight was absolutely amazing. He was very patient. He was playing. Um, and the lady even uh, told me in the end, she said, I don't know why you got so uh, apologetic. And, you know, I was really expecting hell on earth and uh, uh -huh. had such, a, such a lovely sleep. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great experience. Good. How is his gut? I have great news on that as well, but I think that is mainly because we've started, as you might recall, the camel milk protocol. And we've also started um, a new probiotic that you recommended. Yes. Yes. And um, basically when we started with you, Arthur was um, affected by severe constipation. And uh, we've been fighting with that ever since. And um, Every other day, I'll just uh, put a suppository just to release him because he was um, experiencing bloating uh, as well a lot. 
um, it's now been maybe 10 days that Arthur goes to the toilet regularly without any suppositories. Um, I'm, I've only introduced camel milk and this new probiotic that you recommended. And now so far is it, going great on that, uh, on that front as well. You had mentioned that he, he used to be a very picky eater and that has yeah. improved as well. Yes, 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 very much so. Excellent, excellent, yes. It, so, you know, it's important that you realize that you can't add anything that, that is a fad or a trend like camel milk just blindly because there are so many underlying issues that there is a right uh, right time and place to to add that in because it is going to have an effect on the immune system. You know, you yes. can see, yeah, yes. you can see flare ups and whatnot. So I'm I'm glad you know because <clears throat> you 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 mentioned Facebook groups and uh, what have you, and yes, yeah. many desperate parents you know look for answers um, uh, and sometimes it looks like something could be an instant success for your child, exactly. you know, just try this. And yeah. it's, that's not how it is. It's meant to be done. Um, language. Yes. With author, we are, sorry. <clears throat> sorry about that. So with author, we are seeing his uh, listening, his comprehension, uh, yes. self-awareness. All of this has increased focus, attention, calming down. So these are all grassroots factors that, you can, you know, and building blocks that we can, we need to build up on because when you do, when you do uh, root cause medicine, which is what I practice, we look at root causes and then we use completely plant-based treatments, whatever improvements you see, if they're done in the right order, they stay with you. You will not see lots of, you know, regressions and ups and downs. I mean, of course, if you're exposed to a, a, a room full of toxins, then yes, there'll be some, but it'll come back because whatever repair and regeneration is done using um, neurological herbals, those repairs are real. Whether you do, you know, uh, Brian's and, and many other patients, the brain MRI, which can be done here at Stanford, right? Specific brain MRI, which, which looks at brain damage due to environmental toxins. So those, the MRI has stayed clear. It's not like you have to repeat the MRI, you, know, you have to repeat the whole protocol every six months and then, you know, no. Um, once we treated him, it took about two and a half years, but the brain MRI looked completely normal not just Brian, even older patients, and yeah. it stays normal. That's, that's the thing, you know, because uh, when I had looked at, at the brain MRI when, when he was little, it was shocking to me. And two and a half years after that, when we went back and re-ran, I mean, you know, even the neurologist was blown away. And he's not the only one. I've, I've had um, patients of all ages not just, you know, uh, somebody young, you know, so, so that there is neuroplasticity, the, the younger. And Brian wasn't that young when we started treating environmental issues, biotoxin, and he was nine already. 
it, it's been many years of um you know of slow closure yeah 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 so that's and and there are many uh, in fact i have notes here from uh from several uh, neurologists i think alexandra in the uk her neurologist uh, or maybe it was immunologist mentioned something as well that you know ever since um, the kids have been on the protocol the brain MRI has changed for the better. You know, I've I've had uh, kids with autism in 18 years, 22 years old. I actually remember Colin from upstate New York, 24 years old, and he had already had white plaques in the brain. And what happens after the white plaques? You get MS. Hi. So that's how old he was when I first started. And those within one year, I think it was 18 months, not one year, they disappeared. And the, the neurologist was blown away. I mean, you know, they wanted to put him on these MS drugs, do more testing, do invasive treatments, you know, and whatnot. And uh, uh, Colin's mom refused. She says, no, I'm only going to do herbal. And she, they laughed at her. They said, oh, my God, you're putting his life at risk. You know, we will have to report you. And but thankfully, none of that happened. And she stuck to her guns. And, you know, there are Ayurvedic and Western herbals, which which can be used for repair and regeneration as well. You know, so um, I actually had kept uh several invasive options on the back burner like you know if nothing happens but we didn't have to use we didn't even have to use any speech therapy we stopped using physical therapy um we stopped using social skills we stopped aba way back and it just came with natural progress with him you know just yeah, with as, as i told you we we were we were doing aba and actually, our therapist uh, left us a few months ago because here in Belgium, you do not find um, ABA therapist for some reason. It's not, it's not a therapy that has been developed here in the country. So basically, I had to bring somebody from my home country, Romania. And um, she was with us for a few months and then she decided she wanted to go back. So when I told you about the potty training uh, that Arthi has been going to, basically, we... Uh, when we've noticed that he wants to do it standing, um, it was not due to ABA anymore because she was already gone like uh, two months before that. It just came naturally. And then me and my husband, we were actually wondering and saying, look, we are paying thousands of euros every month to have uh, an ABA therapist. And look at the progress he just did on his own. Uh, when we told the ABA uh, you know, coordinator about this, she said, oh, but that was the next step that we were supposed to get to. And then I said, well, sometimes certain things are just happening, you know, uh, before time, I guess, with the right treatment. Because, you know, I've never made a, a secret to any of the therapists we're seeing that I'm also following um, a medical protocol. I've even informed his school. And thank God for me, everybody had embraced it. I mean, nobody ever told me that they would report me or that mm -hmm. that causes an issue. Um, so at least from that point of view, I'm, I'm quite lucky because I've been surrounded by people who, although they don't have the right knowledge, they respect my, my opinion and they know that uh, obviously I would never hurt my, my child. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, 
you know, I can't thank you enough for being here today. And I, I, I won't keep you any longer. I know you probably have to go get author from school, but, but yes. you know, you're, you're so wonderful. I, I could speak with you, you know, mother to mother for, you know, for a while. So um, I, I should let you go. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything you did for us. And I really, really have the feeling that one day, you know, Arthur will be another success story for you because the way things had started, um, I'm very positive. I'm very optimistic. And thank you for myself because, uh, you know, you also helped me to resolve all this uh, anxiety that it was in my heart. And I'm sure everybody who has a child with, with issues um, share that, unfortunately. So thank you so much. And uh, I hope uh, maybe uh, we're going to have another podcast with um, even more, um, um, how should I say, uh, an even more successful uh, story than we had today. I certainly hope so. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, um, and, and we, we can certainly demonstrate that natural progress does happen with completely natural treatment. You know, you just have to be a little bit patient and allow the body to repair itself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thank you so much. My pleasure, thank you. All right, well, that brings us to the end uh, of today's podcast. I, I, I found Andrea to be, like I said in the beginning, right? Absolutely wonderful, isn't she? Um, and as uh, autism moms, we, we, it's important that we connect with each other and find ways to pick each other up and, you know, give hope to our families. Thank you for joining me. Till next time, be well. Namaste. Thank you for joining Master Herbalist Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw, Director of the BioNexus Health Clinic and BioNexus Herbals, on the BioNexus Health Podcast where we explore and share information and stories about recovering and healing from chronic and environmental illnesses such as mold biotoxin illness, Lyme disease, autism spectrum disorder, fatigue, Crohn's and colitis, mast cell activation syndrome, PANS, and more. Please help us grow our message by subscribing to our podcast channel and sharing the podcast on your social networks. For more information visit bionexushealth.com. Information within this video, audio, or text, collectively known as the podcast, has not been reviewed by the FDA. Nothing within the podcast is intended as or should be construed as medical advice. Information is for general informational and educational purposes only. Consumers of the podcast should consult with their healthcare practitioners for medical recommendations. Seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider. Do not disregard the advice of a healthcare provider based on any information from the podcast. The information within the podcast may contain information concerning dietary supplements or over-the-counter products that are not drugged. Our dietary supplement products are not intended for use as a means to cure, treat, prevent, diagnose, or mitigate any disease or other medical or abnormal condition.